Well, good morning. It's great to be able to share with you. Apologies for the fact that I'm wearing these strange headphones, but uh, I'm a little deaf, and if I rely on the sound from my computer, I have to turn it so loud that it really is not particularly good. So the advantage is that it does hide a little bit of me, so you see less of me. I hope that you're all feeling well. And I hope that the good year has gotten off to a really wonderful start for you. I hope you're feeling well. But I know for a fact that some of you are not. Because you told me. I said I hope the good new year got off to a good start for you. But let's be real. So far it's not been a great year for millions of people. COVID. Lockdown, weather problems, political unrest. I could go on, but you probably feel bad enough. There's so many things I hope for. Things that, to my mind, seem important and valuable and right. Things that would benefit me and Marilyn, our family. Benefit our friends and our church and society in general, I hope for them. But if I'm absolutely honest, I don't really expect all of them to happen. Hope's an odd word. As we read through chapter 6 of Hebrews, in fact, as we read through the whole Bible, but today we're focusing on Hebrews, the word hope features very strongly. And it's very easy for us to misunderstand what God is actually saying through those passages. Because when God uses the word hope in the Bible, he's not using it in the same way that we tend to use it. When we say things like, I did earlier, I hope you're all feeling well and I hope the good New Year's got also a good start for you. When we say it, it's, 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 it's a wish. It's a, it's a desire. It's an expression of something we would like to happen. But when God says it, it's not a wish. Or a desire. When God says it, it's based on Him and it will happen. Let's look at that word for just a couple of minutes. The Greek word is ellipsis, which literally means to have an eagerness or an expectation about something. You see, biblical hope is not in the sky when we die by and by. It's not a pipe dream. True hope is a tricky thing because it needs to be anchored, attached to something real. And this is where many of us get confused. For many, 
when they talk about having hope in God, having hope in Jesus, it's, it's kind of like a fairy tale. Because they don't know or really understand what that means. So let's, let's just unpack it this morning. And it's actually remarkably simple. That's probably why Matt asked me to speak on it, because it's remarkably simple. He, he's, he's kind that way. Hope is built on the foundation of the promises of God. If you can grasp that, then, then you've, you've got the whole thing. But let me try and add to it a little bit. In Hebrews 13 to 18, we are reminded that God went the extra mile to give us the encouragement that we need to put our faith and our hope in him. He wants us to have the assurance that all he promises will come true. And that our future is firmly in his hand for our good. So God not only made promises, but he took an oath and he swore that he would bless us. And he swore by the highest and most precious reality in the universe, he swore by himself. That is mind God cared so much that you have hope, that you know you can trust him, that God himself makes a promise and he swears on his own name and reputation that this will come true. He takes an oath. Whereas verse 18 says, God did this so that two unchangeable things in which it's impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of hope we who have fled take hold of the hope said the France may be greatly encouraged take hold of it or as the King James Version puts it to lay hold of that hope or the New American Standard Bible says we are laying hold of it in other words he wants us to have strong encouragement that what he has said will happen The promise and the oath give us a deep confidence that we will inherit all the promises God has made to us. When it says lay hold of it or take hold of it or laying hold of it, what does that mean? It means banking on it, trusting in it, feeling secure in it, being satisfied with it. Why? Because biblical hope will transform your life. I pause. I want you to think of those words. Biblical hope will transform your lives. I remember reading about a school system in America, in in a large city, and sorry, I can't remember which city it was, but they had a program to help children keep up with their schoolwork when they were in hospital. 
and they had teachers who were assigned to go and, and visit these children and, and help them to, to keep up to speed so that when they eventually discharged, they could resume their education. Sounds good. One day, a teacher who was assigned to the program received a routine call to visit a particular child, put down his name and his room number, and talked briefly with his normal teacher, who said, we're studying nouns and adverbs in his class right now, and it'd be really great if you could help him understand them so that he doesn't fall too far behind. She went to see him. Nobody had told her that this boy had been very badly burned. He was in severe pain. He had tubes going in and out of everywhere. And she, she, she was upset when she saw him and she sort of stammered and she didn't know what to say. And she, she said, well, I've been sent by your school to help you with nouns and adverbs. And she did her bit. But when she left, she felt... I, I accomplished nothing. That was a, a waste of his time. But the next day, a nurse said to her, what did you do to that boy? And she, uh, 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 I need to apologize. The nurse said, no. no. You don't know what I mean. We've been really worried about this boy. But since yesterday, his whole attitude has changed. He's starting to fight back. He's starting to show a determination to get well. He turned a corner after your visit yesterday. Two weeks later, the boy explained that he'd actually given up hope. Just resigned himself to the fact that he was going to die. Until the teacher came. And he put it this way. I realized they wouldn't send a teacher to work with nouns and adverbs on a dying boy. The teacher gave him hope, and that hope transformed his life. Having hope changes our life. So how do we get this hope? Well, biblical hope is always focused on two things. The word of God and the work of God. It's focused on what God has done in the past, on God's track record, and on the anticipation that God will do it again. Now, we, we were all told many times, <laughs> there's no such thing as a free lunch. No such thing as a free ride. If it looks too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. But if I'm talking about is not a free lunch, it's not a free ride. It was paid for by the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There is no greater price that can be paid. Biblical hope is centered on the work and the person of Jesus. He is the source and the support of our genuine hope. The basis of true hope comes out of what he did. It flows from his shed blood, 
it's revealed in the working of God running away the tombstone. Biblical hope comes from knowing that God has never failed, that God will never fail, that God can never fail, plain and simply because he is God. I know he's reliable. I know I can depend on what he says. I know it because I can look back through my own life and see the evidence of his faithfulness. I can look back through history and see the evidence of his faithfulness. I can look back through the Bible and see the proof of his faithfulness. And knowing these things, I can take him at his word and I can have hope for the future. The writer to the Hebrews brings this out 10 in verses 13 to 20 where he points back at how God has proved faithful in the past. Which to Abraham and Melchizedek, but of course they count as examples in the Bible with these verses who he chose. Our world is filled with so many things that cause us distress, disruption, division, dissension, depression. It's so easy to get dragged down by all of these events of war. But we don't need Verse 19 says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Hope acts as an anchor. Now, if Tim Pretaway is watching, please forgive me, I'm no sailor. But my understanding is that anchors were used to keep lordships in their place. Basically, they eliminated drifting. They were protective tools to keep the ships from crashing against rocks or landing on forbidden shores. The anchor helped to keep the ship and the crew safe and in the right place. Even though storms may come around it, the waves may go high, the winds may blow, but the anchor kept them in place. Hope, the Bible says, is like an anchor that will prevent spiritual drifting, that will keep us safe in the storms of life. Be those storms political, be they COVID, be they financial, be they, be they what they are. Hope is the anchor that keeps us secure. Hope anchors us to the promise of eternity and it will not slip, it will not break, it will not fail, it is attached to God himself. Verse 19 and 20 says we have this anchor, sorry, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. 
were our forerunner Jesus on our behalf. This anchor is attached at the one end of the himself and God attaches at the other end to us. Beyond our ability to comprehend. Because the hope that God gives us is a hope that will never change. Change is something we are so all accustomed to, part of the fabric of life. We, we know that nothing stays the same. God does. And his promise. And the hope that God gives us through Christ is eternal. Hope and faith are intimately intertwined. And Hebrews 11.1 says, Faith is the confidence in what we hope for. The assurance about what we do not see. And this is what the ancients were commended for. Faith is the confidence in what we hope for. Faith is believing that when God has said something, it's true. When God has promised something, it will happen. When God is with us, nothing can overcome us. I was struck by reading further in Hebrews 11, verse 11. It says, By faith, even Sarah, who is past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children. Listen to the next bit. Because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. Where did the hope come from? He considered him faithful who had made the promise. It was wishful thinking. God had made a promise. Sarah knew that God would not lie. Therefore, if God promises something, it will happen. She was past childbearing age, but she considered him faithful who had made the promise. What about you? Where is your hope anchored? What is the focus of your feeling for the future? What is it that you, you base your life on? I, I know for many people, it's the news, TV reports, what they see in the newspaper. It reminds me of the story, which I believe is true, of a biker who was riding by a zoo when he saw a little girl leaning into the lion's cage. Suddenly the lion grabbed her by the cuff of her jacket and tried to pull her inside. And her parents were screaming. And the biker jumped off his bike, ran to the cage and hit the lion on the nose. And the lion jumped back and the biker grabbed her and brought her back to her parents. A, a reporter was there and he'd seen the whole scene and he spoke to the biker and said, Sir, 
That was a gallant and brave thing I saw you do. Bravest thing I've ever seen any man do, tackle a lion. The biker said, well, nothing really. The kid was in danger. I just had to act. Well, said the reporter, I'm a journalist and this will not go unnoticed. Tomorrow's paper will have this on the front page. What motorcycle do you ride? The biker said, a Harley Davidson. The following morning, the biker bought the newspaper to see if it was indeed there. And sure enough, there were the headlines. Biker gang member assaults African immigrant and steals his lunch. True. Absolutely accurate. But not a true reflection. And unfortunately, a lot of what we get in the news and I'm not taking a political stance here because this applies to both sides, the left and the right. What we find in the news is often not quite as accurate as we'd like it to be. It's, it's a spin. It's a means of putting across propaganda and you're not going to find peace and hope in the newspapers you're not going to find peace and hope in the TV news you're not going to find it in the daily COVID update you're not going to find it in the opinions of people on social media and that's where you've been anchoring your hope no wonder you feel down depressed fearful Your hope in God. Lay hold of His promises. Trust His word. Believe that what God says is 100%. No spin, no twisting. What God says is true what God promises will happen. Therefore, when I read the promises of God, I can have peace. In the midst of the storm, I'm not saying there's no storm around me, are storms. And I experience in my own life. Of course COVID's a problem. Of course the political unrest around the world is a problem. Of course poverty is a problem. Of course health problems are there. Of course I know all of these things. I'm not totally stupid in spite of what people have said. I know this. But what I also know is that my God is still on the throne. He knows what he's doing and he will fulfill his promise. So all I need to do Take my eyes off the storm and focus on him. Meg wrote a piece in this week's church newsletter. And I've lifted it directly word for word. Well, not all of it, but part of it. Because I felt it was just so appropriate. Let me read it to you. This is what Meg said. He said, Scripture likens our hope in Christ 
an anchor for our souls. Something that provides a point of reference and security despite the storms that life may throw at us. But Christ is more than just a solid, fixed reference point that stops us being blown off course. Stops us being blown away from the safe harbour. He is the active presence with us. Maintaining us, writing us, stabilizing us in whatever condition we may be battered by. He is our hope and our salvation. He is the one who is able to keep us safe, sustain us in every circumstance. May we know his presence with us. May we hold fast to the hope that he offers. The hope. The promise that says, I love you. I want what's best for you. I will protect you. Trust in me. And I, God, will take care of it. Father, thank you. We do not deserve this. We do not deserve your love. We do not deserve your protection. We do not deserve your blessing. And there is no way we can, as human beings, understand why you love us, and why you chose us, and why you died for us. But God, you did. Forgive us, Lord, with all the evidence of your word and the evidence of our own lives that we get distracted by the circumstances of life and put our faith in them rather than in you. Help us all to have our anchor firmly fixed to the living God. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen.